Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity so you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, can consistently reach your biggest goals. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others and be sure to visit winnieanderson.com nutrition to get the show notes and resources for this episode. You know, one of the downsides to being self-employed is that there are no sick days. Our health is incredibly important to us. As more than one health expert has said, your health is your wealth. But we can get so caught up in work that our health can definitely suffer. It's why I think it's important to address this topic as it relates to our physical, mental, and emotional health. And just as we used to say back in the early days of computers, garbage in, garbage out, I think we're learning more and more about the impact of what we eat on gut health and the impact of our gut health on our overall health. That's why I wanted to have today's guest on the show. In this episode, the ingredient guru, Mira Deci, helps us get educated about the complex subject that is the food we eat. Mira is a nutrition professional, author, and a popular public speaker. She knows it's not just what you eat, but what's in what you eat that's important. She's the author of The Pantry Principle, How to Read the Label and Understand What's Really in Your Food. Mira is a board-certified holistic health practitioner whose mission is to educate and empower consumers. She curates the premier organic Lean and Green subscription box, the monthly box is full of earth-friendly, healthy, sustainable products that are good for you, the planet, and your home. Mira is a member of the National Association of Nutrition Professionals, the Society of Nutrition and Education Behavior, and the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. She's a founding member of the Holistic Business and Wellness Alliance. Now remember, my guests and I aren't giving you specific business advice or health advice. The admission we're sharing is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need help, be sure to seek out a trained professional, whether it's a financial advisor, tax professional, business building expert, or mental health or physical health provider. Listen in as Mira shares her success journey, how to take control of your health through the food you eat, tips to get started or fine-tune your healthy eating program, decision and behavior drivers that impact what we eat, the improvement that people feel when they make changes to their eating, how the food industry tries to trick us into eating food that's not as healthy for us as we'd like to think. She also talks about the importance of eating mindfully, and we both share some tips to make healthy choices easy when we're working from home. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Mira, so thanks so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thanks for having me on, Winnie. I'm delighted to be chatting with you. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, first of all, I want to hear about your journey. That, to me, fascinates me. Uh, and I know it's interesting to other people. How did you get to this point where you're doing the work that you're doing? 
Sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because as the ingredient guru, my focus is about what we eat, what's in what we eat, what's on what we eat, all of that. But that certainly didn't happen overnight. I actually used to be in a completely different career. I was a database administrator for an international research firm. And <laughs> I know, <All> right. shift. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, you know, I, the challenge was I eventually got very, very ill, like okay. truly deeply ill. I was unable to walk up a flight of stairs without just lying down on the top floor and recovering. I couldn't, I, I was having dizzy spells. I was having digestive health issues. I was frequently fatigued. I spent 20 hours a day on the sofa, you know, and you can imagine that makes it very difficult to take yeah. care of your children, take care of your house you know, be a good partner, work, whatever. And so I wound up leaving my job. And along the way, I had a lot of doctors and a lot of medication, but nobody really talked to me about my food. And eventually, I began to realize that food was far more important than I thought it was. And as I began to change my diet, I began to reclaim my health. At a certain point, to make a long story shorter, I just realized that I had to go back to school, that I had taught myself everything I could. I went to school, became a nutrition educator, and then from there just realized that my passion was what's, you know, all the stupid stuff that they do to our food and that I really wanted to help people understand why it's so important. Yeah, boy, we could just go on for hours about that in and of itself, I have, I personally became more interested in nutrition as I started to gain weight. In my mid-20s, I noticed I, it, that I was starting to pack on pounds and they weren't coming off as quickly as they did at one point. And I started to pay a bit more attention as well and was able to write myself. It, but there's so much talk now about gut health and the connection between what goes on in your gut, uh, even in the, digest the digestive process and all of that stuff and how it contributes to other areas of your body and of your health. And I have to tell you, and I'll put this in the show notes, there is a great book because again, I started to have problems. I aged, you know, you'll be shocked to hear that, I know. And uh, once I hit 50, I started to have some additional issues. So I read a book called The End of Overeating. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. I lost three pounds halfway through the book. Just that it was just such an education about this whole industrialization of the food process, the manufacturing, the packaging, and the sale of food and what has to happen to make food shelf stable, first of all, we know that that's a logical thing to do, right? But then there's all this other stuff that happens to food and that was just, wow, totally eye-opening to me and talked about how each of us responds a little bit differently, but then there are some commonalities, right? That seafood yeah. diet that we used to joke about when we were kids you would see food and eat it. That's yeah. part of it, right? So yeah, well, and, a lot. You know, that is definitely part of it. We, we have grown up in a culture that basically says, oh, a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. Like, 
oh, don't worry about it. Just right. eat less and exercise more. And that's not true. Right. And then we have been subverted by food producers who spend tens of millions of dollars to figure out how to make food more attractive. And, you know, it's very interesting. I have a book club that I run called the Healthy Eaters Book Club, oh, where nice. we look at things. Some of the books that we've read have been like Salt, Sugar, Fat. And in that book, he talks about the fact that food producers actually hook people up to machines with a tube in their mouth, feed them, and run them through MRI machines to see what parts of their brain are lighting up. It's unbelievable what they do to try. And that's why, you know, they say, for example, I'm not going to name the brand, but there's a, a, a particular chip, but you can't eat just one. Well, no, you can't because that's they right. made that's it why. so addictive yeah. Yeah. that, you know, and so in a way, it's not just us wanting to consume more reasonably it's us understanding how they're manipulating our food right. and unfortunately how that hijacks our brain and if you're an entrepreneur who's devoting so much of your energy and your focus and everything else towards right. running your business and being that wonderful heart-centered entrepreneurial person the last thing you need is to be sidetracked by what you're eating yeah yeah and and then if you're a stress eater like me it it really it throws even more issues in the in the mix there and then of course so many of us work out of our house so you're surrounded by those temptations if you allow yourself to be surrounded by those temptations you know there's this famous speech by uh president eisenhower when he was leaving office and have you ever heard about this the beware of the oh. military industrial complex so president eisenhower and i'll include a link to this in the show notes as well it's a, it's a tremendous speech you know typically before someone leaves office they'll give some kind of address to the nation and president eisenhower gave a speech and in this speech of course you know he was the leader of the 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 he was a supreme commander of the allied forces for the the uh, for World War Two, and when he was leaving office he said you know yes we need a a strong military we need to, to be safe we need to protect ourselves and and be vigilant he said but there's this and of course I'm paraphrasing there's this double-edged sword mm -hmm. of how do you do that well you end up building an industry an industry around defense and now you have an economy, you have regions whose economies are tied to defense. You have people whose jobs are tied to defense. So, so the, the problem that we need to think about as a country is this, we need to be concerned about the military industrial complex and how you know, people naturally then get concerned about protecting their jobs. So, I've, I think it's a, it's a powerful and great speech, but you could replace military industrial complex with the food industrial <laughs> complex or anything like that. And whole industries now have been built around this, the same thing, jobs mm -hmm. have been built around this. And now there's a, what do we do about this? Because my job is here, but also then, what are we doing to people? So yeah, I think there's, it's a much bigger issue than we tend to think about. It. Yeah. And, and that's a good point because, you know, obviously the, the food producers are not really in the business of making food. 
they're in the business of making money. Food simply happens to be How they do it. their, their yeah. you, know, you know, vehicle of choice yep. to make money. Right. And so there's frequently a lot of pushback when it comes to what they can and cannot do. And as right. a matter of fact, in my newsletter, I just shared uh, Kellogg has just agreed to pay out $30 million for uh, a class action lawsuit about how they used front of package labeling on some of their cereals and that it was not as healthy or not as nourishing as they claimed because they make all these claims because they're trying to get us to buy in. And that's actually one of the things when I'm doing consumer talks, I talk to them about front of what is front of package labeling and why you need to treat it with a high degree of suspicion. But again, we also have to remember that you know, the, the food industry has much deeper pockets than we do as individuals. And so they're the ones who are making claims for, you know, what can and can't be said. And then the FDA and the USDA do or don't side with them. Like there's this whole, we could go down a very deep rabbit hole. About yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we really could. And I, I think for me, it's, uh, it's why I choose products with no labels or as, as few ingredients on the label as possible. You don't need a label Great on a choice. tomato, right? That <laughs> is it's such a tomato. A yeah, that's so, such a good choice. One other thing that I, I want to mention again, we'll include links to these things in the show notes. There was a great episode of a show called The Prophet. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever seen the show. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. He was uh, called in with a, for a restaurant in uh, one of the Carolinas here in the States and was a husband and wife who, you know, folks who've been doing this for a long, long time, had a successful business, but they wanted to make it more profitable and they wanted to make it bigger. So, which usually he goes to, this guy, Marcus Lemonis, he goes to companies that are in, in trouble. They weren't really in trouble. They just wanted to grow right. Anyway, they, uh, it was a barbecue buffet and he wanted to package this woman's biscuits and sell the biscuits. He wanted to sell them as a mix mm -hmm. uh, or, or sell the biscuits themselves, you know, packaged. And she really fought him on this because of what you're saying. It would, there, was, there were ingredients that, you know, she made them from scratch. That's why you know, she would run out because she could only make X number of biscuits in a day. And she knew that there would have to be some kind of whatever it is that makes it shelf stable, it right? A preservative. Thank you. Thank you. And, and she really wanted to fight that. She didn't want it to, to have a preservative. She didn't want it to be shelf stable. That's what she prided herself on was the yeah. freshness of these biscuits. So yeah, there are all these trade-offs that if you decide that this is the business I'm going to go in, I'm going to provide food to people you've got a whole host of rules yeah. that you have to adhere to, but also there's this issue of what's going to go in it to make yes. it shelf stable. Absolutely. And, and yes, we could go on for age, ages about just that particular topic, but um, tell me, let's, let's talk a little bit about this issue of, cause really we do, we can go follow a couple of different forks in this road. There's one, the fascinating story of how you decided to build your business. And I do want to touch on a couple of more things about that, but then there's also this issue of we don't get sick days. We've got to make sure that we are at yeah. peak 
fitness and health and so much implicates or Mm -hmm. is implicated in that. Let's let's talk a little bit about how you built your business though when you decided you were going to go out on your own. What how did you start to build that and where have you been focusing your attention on, you know, sure. building your business? Well, and so, you know, like so many entrepreneurs, my my business has been and continues to be a journey. And it, I think one of the things that I have done that has helped me get to the point that I'm at is to be open to the possibilities. So when I first started, you know, I, I lived in a small town and so everybody knew I was sick. And then as I began to get better, they were like, wow, you look great. What are you doing? So I'm telling them what I'm doing. And then they're like, well, can you help me? And so I began to do like little classes and everything. When I first started my business, first of all, I was not always the ingredient guru. <laughs> I, my first, the first incarnation of my business was called Grains and More. And I was milling whole grains, soaking them, sprouting them, <laughs> teaching people how oh to do God. it, teach, developing recipes, teaching cooking classes, all that kind of thing. And then along the way, helping people learn how to do healthier grocery shopping, how to clean out their pantry, okay. talking to them about all different kinds of things. And then from there, I wound up writing my book, The Pantry Principle, How to Read awesome. the Label and Understand What's Really in Your Food. And then from there, well, actually, back up just a second. I stopped the whole whole grain thing. Well, it was at that point, it was like grains and legumes and other things, but just like whole food products and old fashioned ways of soaking, fermenting, that sort of thing. And we moved and we moved to Texas. And in the town that we moved to, it turned out that the grocery store was buying from my supplier, but because I was buying by the hundred weight and they were buying by the truck weight, they were getting a much better deal. Right. And I kind of had to shut down that whole aspect of my business. Wow. And so I began to do more consultations, more, you know, tours of grocery stores, pantries, kids, cooking classes, that sort of thing. And then fast forward a little bit more, I realized that I needed to change the name of my business and my focus uh, because really the ingredient thing was such a big thing for me, just letting people know. I have a newsletter that I write every week, and I tell people about all the stupid stuff they do to our food and some of the wins. There are wins also. There are good things that change because people vote with their wallet. Right. And right. and talking about, you know, how we can be healthier. And this is for anybody, not just entrepreneurs. The better we eat, the better we feel. But for entrepreneurs especially, we frequently lie to ourselves and I am one. So this is the pot calling the kettle black, but you know, I'm much better now, but there was a point in my business where I was like, Oh, I'll catch up later on my sleep. I I just, I need to get this done. I have to stay up or, Oh, I'll go to the gym later. Like I'm too busy. I have to get this done. And food was always important to me because I got so sick. So I did stay on top of that. But I also know a lot of entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, I'll just grab something from the microwave or, Oh, there's a, you know, I'll order a pizza or whatever. And so they're eating crappy food because they think they don't have the time to eat well yeah and that's not the truth the truth is we have to always make time 
to eat well, to sleep well, to exercise, to meditate. Self-care is so important. It's so critical. And, you know, I, I did an interview, um, I think in the first season of the show, I interviewed someone named Brody Welsh. And, and Oh, I love Brody. I love Brody. Oh, my God. She's fabulous. She's and she's awesome. And one of the things she said was that self-care isn't selfish. And I think that's so true. You know, if we had a physical plant, we would take care of the building. And yeah. we're the physical plant. You know, we are. We've got to take care of ourselves because it's so incredibly true. And one of the things, one of the things that I work on with my own clients is, is understanding their clients and understanding what yeah. helps people decide to buy which of course food companies are experts at because they really get it and they know how to yeah. trigger oh, that yeah. stuff. Right. But it, it, one of the issues is, is understanding these, the, the decision drivers and the values that your audience has. So, and I always use my husband as a bad example. My husband will, will say a, all the right things, but in actuality, they're, none of them are true because his primary decision driver is convenience. Yeah. If he is faced with, and he has, he also has decision fatigue, which President Obama has decision fatigue. And decision fatigue is is where your brain, you work hard all day, and you have and decision power and willpower are mus muscles. So yeah. they get fatigued. There's a time when I can't make any more decisions. I'm worn out. So yeah. understanding who you're talking to is important because if they're driven by convenience. So my husband will go into the convenience store, he'll get his coffee and what's on the counter, right? Convenience items, gran granola bars that are barely candy, um, disgusting looking muffins, who knows how long they've been there and they're wrapped in some donuts. kind of plastic, right? Donuts, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. He ne you never go and there's a banana or something like that. So we, I have to make sure that there is all of that on the go kind of stuff because he leaves no spare minute in getting ready yeah. to go to work. All of that grab and go kind of food, bananas, or I make my own granola bars. So because convenience is his driver. So I think that's a big issue for us in just in general, helping clients say yes to us, but also in understanding our, ourselves, what is our primary driver? And if we say, our primary value is health, but we continuously do things that are not honoring that, then something else is driving your decisions. And I think you need to think about that. So sorry, I was off on a tangent there. No, but no, that's I okay. I think that's an important issue. I think, I think that's a very important issue, but I would add a corollary to that, which is that when you are consuming foods that have neurotransmitter disruptors in them that have yes. high amounts of sugar, things that deplete your system, that actually reduces your neurotransmitter status, it imbalances your amino acids, if your gut's out of whack, your brain's out of whack, and then right. you're not making great decisions. Yeah, so, so it's you, this big cycle, right? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. So, and so if you make it a priority, like I love that you make your own granola bars, I frequently am a big fan of making things in advance so that I have grab and go, especially for the right. middle of the day, right. because I just really need to know that I don't have to think too hard exactly. about what's there, you know, exactly. salad in a jar, those kinds of things. Right. And so good for you for supporting your husband that way. But also I think, again, for entrepreneurs, they need to remember that 
how we feed our body is how Critical. we support the rest of ourselves, including our thinking process. I agree. So we need to stay on top of that. I, I agree. And, you know, I'm transitioning to, uh, by the time this airs, I will have made the transition to vegan. Oh, wow. It's not an easy decision to mm -hmm. make. And part of this was me telling myself that this is going to be hard. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm shocked. It's not hard. I'm dead serious. Yeah. I felt great within days. I felt like this, I don't feel temptation when I see somebody eat something that I, and yeah. I don't say I can't, I say I don't, I don't eat that. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with it. It, it, but it does require planning. So let's talk about this. You know, I just like people know that smoking will kill you, right? Yeah. There's no secret here that there's enough in the news that if you are a functioning adult and you're online and you're getting information, this is old old news, right? That yeah. that there's stuff in your food that you shouldn't eat, and and you need to take control, right? So. How does somebody begin to do this? Because we know everybody is always trying to make that resolution and make sure. it stick, that I'm going to eat better. What, what do you think is the first thing that a solo professional needs to do to, say, to really take control of this and start doing it? And, you know, that is such a great question. I think one of the things that's really important to remember is we need to quantify our statements. So you can't just say like, I'm going to eat healthier or yes. I, you know, I'm going to take right. care of myself. There, right. That doesn't, that's great that you want to do that, but right. you're not really putting any parameters around it. And one of the things that I think really helps people get a window on what they're doing so that they can then decide what and how they're going to make a change is to start food journaling. And so yes. I'm going to send you a link to my article on food journaling that has a link to my free food journal that people can download. Awesome. That, and so it's actually more than just a simple food journal. It's a food mood journal. And so it has space for you to talk about how you're feeling. It has yes. space for you to write down, are you exercising? It has space for you to write down, are you hydrating? It has information about what you're aiming for from the different food groups in terms of how many veggies are we looking at? How much fruit? And it's much less fruit than most people think. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Booster foods, an important category that most people aren't aware of. So it's all on that page. So awesome. I will send that to you. But Fabulous. I think one of the best things you can do is start with a food journal. And, and this is not, don't pretend I'm going to do what I think Mira wants me to do. Like this is just eat the way you normally eat for a week right. and journal that entire week and then sit down and look at it and then make a decision. For some people, the decision is, you know what, I'm not eating breakfast and on the days, you know, I only eat breakfast two or three days a week and on the days I don't eat breakfast, I'm so tired in the afternoon. Maybe I need to eat breakfast every day. Right. It needs to be a good protein breakfast. Another thing could be they're looking at, you know, how much they're supposed to be eating in terms of leafy veggies, colorful veggies, and they're like, I'm not eating enough of that. 
Right. I want to make that change. Uh, they're also looking at, gee, I'm eating a lot of things that are not on this church. <laughs> Let's maybe start cutting some of those out. But, but that's a great way to see that. And because it includes things like mood and exercise, the only thing that's not on there is sleep. But I think, you know, enough people are aware of their sleep that they're beginning to recognize they really need to pay attention to that. That becomes your roadmap for building a healthier plan. That's great. That's great. So let's talk then about um, some things that the, the connection that, that food is making with our bodies. Because sure. again, I think convenience is a bigger driver than people really want to admit. And, and I'm not saying that's bad, right? Except that that's part of your life. Your life is insane. We're, we all have a nutty crazy life, every single sure. one of us. So accept that. And let's not make this, I think if you make it too hard, you won't do it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so let's talk specifically about what are some really simple things that people can do once they've got a, a, an idea of, okay, this is what, this is what my week is like. Mm -hmm. I want to stop this. So sure. let's say you recognize that you're not eating enough leafy vegetables. Sure. What, what do I, what's something simple that I can do to make well, sure I'm starting to get it? Absolutely. There is, there's actually two really easy ways to get more veggies into your diet. And the first is double your veggies. Whatever you're doing at a meal. So let's say you're having broccoli with dinner and yeah, you put yeah. four pieces of broccoli on the plate, put eight pieces of broccoli on the plate. Right. And if you eat eight, yes, it's okay to put 16 pieces of broccoli. But the thing is, whatever meal you're having veggies at, double your veggies. So that's a great way to do it. That is a great one. Other super simple way is anytime you are making a sauce of some kind or a soup. So spaghetti sauce and soup tend to be the really good ones. Look for ways to get extra veggies in there. So my spaghetti sauce, for example, yes, I have a little bit of meat in there, but it's got shredded veggies. I'm talking zucchini, carrots, right. celery, onions, mushrooms. Like if I've got veggies in the house, I'm like, what can I throw in there? Yeah. And so there's tons of veggies in there. And that's another great way. And it's not that we're it trying is. to hide them because I'm not a fan of, of like tricking people by hiding veggie, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's sometimes you, you, you may have to not tell them until they've tried it and they're like, wow, this is really good. And then you say, well, there's a lot of veggies in it. But, but the thing is by adding veggies to a soup or a sauce of some kind, all you're doing is bumping your nutrition and you're going to feel better and it's going to taste great. So those are two really good reasons to do yeah. that. Yeah, those are, that's a great, great tip. And uh, one of the things that this is so closely related, I think, to business building, right? We'd have to do the same thing. We have to make yeah. things easy that we don't want to do until we start building up that muscle and, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be, like marketing, you know, and that kind of stuff. Uh, I can definitely do this. I, I think also listening to what we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. I was telling myself the story that going vegan is going to be hard. Yeah. And it what it wasn't. I was pleasantly surprised, but I also know people who tell themselves that story and who make who it is hard for. Mm -hmm. And then they use that as an excuse for, oh, I'm not gonna do that. It's too hard. I can't I can't do it. 
So I think that 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 also is an issue for us on so many topics is what are you telling yourself about all of this? Absolutely. And I think the other thing is just like in business, leave yourself open to the possibilities. You know, when I first started my business, I started selling whole grains and teaching cooking classes. Right. And it was my personal journey that was interested in what was happening to our food and what people were doing. If you asked me all those years ago, and, and we're talking like 13 years, if I would be a published author, a national speaker, you know, the ingredient guru, right. doing all these things, I would have been like, I don't know. But because I was always open to what was happening and, and where my, my passion and my desire drew me, these things happened. I think the same thing happens with your health. If you're open to, okay, what would happen if I were to decide to change my diet? You know, and that's why I love food journaling because food journaling is us not, not being allowed to tell ourselves stories about right. what we eat. And it's right. also a no judgment way. It's just like, this is just what I'm eating now. And, and then you change from there, but to be open to the possibility and not everybody's going to want to be a vegetarian or a vegan. Not everybody's right. going to want it right. Not everybody's going to want to be, you know, some people are going to go, Oh, I'm going to try the, the paleo thing, or I'm going to try Mediterranean or whatever. And that's whatever. fine. Just be open to it. Right. But, but know that, you know, when you have that curious mind, just like in business, because you had you were curious about something, you started right. a business, yeah, yeah. and you're growing it and driving it, just because you're doing that um, allows you to sort of grow in that direction. Same thing with your diet, same yeah. thing with your health goals, being curious about what would happen if I really knew what my hydration factor was, I'll send you the hydration factor. Um, if you really knew what your hydration factor was and made sure that you hit it every day, what would happen? That's just being curious. Yeah, and I, I love the phrase you said, no judgment. Yeah. You're just tracking what you, what you do. And so if you eat something and don't write it down, the only person you're lying to is yourself. Well, we you also don't eat it. We don't remember. I mean, you know, I'll be honest. I do this yes. for a living, and I don't remember what I ate for breakfast on Friday. <laughs> was three which, days ago. which also then is why this needs to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we've got to figure out how to make this as easy for ourselves as possible, right? So, if you, you know, with with goal setting, I talk about how you do it, do the same thing in the same place all the time, right? Yeah. So your brain goes, all right, I'm in writing mode. I better start writing. It, put that journal right by your wherever it is that you're prepping the food or you're going to eat it so you know all right I consumed it I'm writing this down right now yeah yeah and the thing is also to figure out what works for you like you said you know your husband is convenience driven some people like I'm a paper gal I like pen and paper but there are other people they want an app you know yes. uh, or there there are even some apps where you take a picture of the food and the app figures yeah. out i don't know how it does that but i it don't figures out you know what everything is and that's fine too it's about figuring out what works for you yeah i i agree so what i'm hearing out of all of this is that this really is like running your business 
that there needs to be a plan. You have to have a goal, a, a clear goal, not just eat better. Well, what's eat better to you? So you're defining that, creating a picture of it. What does it mean to you? Uh, tracking things, right? We talk about uh, key performance indicators. What are you going to track and measure so you can continue to improve in that area? And then measure the outcome in terms of what you, the result that you have, right? How do you feel? How do you perform? What kind of performance improvements or do people usually feel when, and I'll share some of mine, when they, <clears throat> they begin to make this transition? What did you find? For yourself. Well, so so I I am going to answer that, but first I also want to back up just a second, and because you mentioned KPIs, and I would encourage people to consider their health part of their KPIs. Great point. If you are a healthy entrepreneur, you're going to be able to accomplish more than an entrepreneur who is struggling. And that's not to say that there aren't entrepreneurs out there who don't struggle through no fault of their own. Perhaps they have some kind of a devastating illness or there are things going on outside of their control in their personal environment or those kinds of things. But, you know, focusing as much as you can on doing the best that you can for that should be one of your KPIs. I agree. That's a great great point. Uh, And so one of the things that I find is most people, when they begin to make changes to their diet, they physically feel better. A lot of low-level complaints can go away, stomach issues, uh, allergy issues, joint pain, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, They also frequently find that they may have more energy and more focus. Because when we're nourished, our body has the fuel that it needs. And so, you know, I want to do sort of a side-by-side example here. One of the things that really drives me crazy at the grocery store is those 100-calorie snack packs. They're constantly inventing new ones. So it started with 100-calorie snack pack cookies, and then it became crackers, and now it's become other things. But everything's being packaged in these 100 calories. Like 100 calories is something to aim for anyway. Right, right. But... Here's the thing. Those are what are called energy-dense foods. So yes, it's only 100 calories, but it's 100 calories of of processed food. And then we take nature's perfect 100-calorie snack pack, an apple. (laughs) And so I'm going to ask you to think for just a second if you take, and and I am going to slant it just a little bit, and I'm going to say a 100-calorie snack pack cookie versus an apple. Which one do you think has more nutrition? Which one is going to speak to your genes, to your DNA, to your neurotransmitters, to your gut health? Which one is going to be better for you? The one that actually has nutrients in it. And so when we give in to the temptation to eat a lot of junk food or convenience food or less nourishing foods, we are not fueling our body. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a really important point, especially for those of us who have this mental, emotional, heart-centered drive to run a business and be an entrepreneur and right. to serve. Because entrepreneurship is all about serving others. Yeah. And if you're not serving yourself well, you're not able to serve others. Yeah, I would agree. And I think one of the things that I found surprising when I, because one thing about making a transition to, to 
anything requires, as you're saying, a plan, right? Yeah. Requires a clear plan. Um, so I had already given up processed sugar as much as one can, right? It's sure. in so many things. I, I do my best. I feel good. But I, I did that first. And then as I decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start investigating what it would involve to, to become vegan. And I start reading labels of things that I hadn't had to read in a while or that, you know, I, I already knew what this label said, so I didn't have to check it. Now I need a vegan version of it. So I got to read that, that label, right? Like yogurt sure. is a great example. And I was just shocked by the amount of sugar that is in there. So I think one of the things that we get conditioned to believe is that, well, this is a healthy version of this thing. Yeah. So no, you still have to read the label of, of things and really understand what it is that you're looking at. You do, and you also have to remember that the label comes in two parts. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the yeah. And, and actually, there's sort of three parts. So the the first is the manufacturers use front of package labeling. They put all kinds of terms on the front: healthy, full days, vitamin C. You know, all of these terms that high protein, whatever they think will get us to not flip it around to look at the label. So we want to ignore that front of package labeling and definitely go for the label. The other is the, the nutrition facts. And most people, when they're looking at a label, they're referring to the nutrition facts and they're probably looking at the calories. They might be looking at the fat or the sugar or the salt, um, you know, depending on what their focus is, mm -hmm. but they're not doing the math. So they're not paying attention to the fact that there is a serving indicator on there. And yeah. so that's huge. Yeah. And then the the third part is the ingredient yeah. panel, which is down below. Right. And so many people skip that. And there's so much valuable information there. We really need to remember to pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great point. And for those of you who are thinking those labels are too small, I can't even read them, so I'm not going to. This is why you pick up a little, I have uh, three different things, these little magnifier cards that just fit in my wallet so I can pull it out when I have to eyeball it. And then I even have this thing that hangs around my neck. And because, yeah, they're microscopic, the way those well, things are. Well, my thing is right. if it's that microscopic and it's more they're than hiding possible, something. you probably don't want it. That's a good point. Just that's thinking. a great point. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point. You, I know you talk about uh, mindfulness and mindful eating. So yes. can you, I think there's a lot of confusion about what the heck that means, mindfulness in general. Can yeah. you educate us about that? What's, what's mindfulness and, and what does it have to do with eating? How do we, how do we sure. merge the two? Sure. Well, you know, part of it is, <clears throat> like I said, we've been conditioned by this whole food doesn't really matter, calories, calorie myth. And so we've grown up not really paying attention to our food and not recognizing our relationship with food. And as a result, you know, my, one of my mentors, Liz Lipsky, has this phrase that I absolutely love. She says, we, we fuel our bodies the way we fuel our cars. Stop, gas, go. And that's yeah. not healthy for anybody. Like, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so when we're eating mindfully, we are paying attention to what is going on with our body. We are making sure that we are nourishing our body. We are making sure that we are 
taking a moment to be mindful for our food so that we can shift from that sympathetic, active and alert state to that parasympathetic, you know, that, that rest and recover. We have to be in the parasympathetic to digest. It's not possible to digest while you're running away from the saber-toothed tiger. So, you know, so, so that's part of mindful eating as well. And then also recognizing our triggers. Like you said, for your husband, it's convenience. And I'm here to tell you that every single human on the face of this planet is an emotional eater. Some of us are more emotional than others, but the truth of the matter is, from the moment you were born, if you were hungry, you cried and somebody stuffed something into your mouth that made your belly feel better, we are all emotional eaters. And so we have to look at how are we responding to that. So like you said, you, you know, you have stress eaters. You have people that are drawn to certain foods because it, it engenders certain feelings for them. So mindfulness is about tapping into how we make some of the decisions we make, how we can make different choices and support ourselves and to get to the root of the matter, which is that food is not just fuel. Food is nourishment. How do we nourish our bodies? Yeah, that's a great point. Love that. Awesome. So let's let, share exactly with the folks what it is that you do, how you help people <laughs> specifically, because I know you, you offer a lot of different, uh, uh, different ways for people to get connected to you. I so do. why don't you share a little bit about that and, uh, and where people can go to learn more? Well, thanks. So obviously, you know, I'm big on education. So I do have my book, The Pantry Principle. I also have a free newsletter. The easiest way for people to connect with me is to go to Facebook. And I am there, Mira Desi, N-E for Nutrition Educator. Uh, so that's an easy way to get a hold of me. I'm also theingredientguru.com is my website. Awesome. And I'm also on Instagram as theingredientguru. And, and how I help people in addition to the education pieces, you know, so I have the book, I have a lot of ebooks, I have the newsletter, I also have a subscription box. So people can sign up for a subscription and every month they get a box of goodies from me that pass my personal picky test that don't have nasty ingredients in them, that are things that are supportive for you, your health, your home, your environment. And so that's certainly, so essentially I'm about education and resources for okay. people. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And of course we'll have links to all of that uh, in the show notes. So you don't have to go now. What was that again? Uh, so <laughs> you'll be able to reach out to her and we're going to have links to the article that, that uh, Mira mentioned and uh, the food journal, especially resource that she mentioned. So uh, you'll be sure to go back to the show notes and get access to them. Mira, it's so great talking to you. I could go on for hours. Thanks very, very much for well, your time today. Thank you. I, I actually have one more thing I'd like to do. Yeah. For you. Since we were talking about mindful eating, I do have a 30-day mindful eating program. It's an email program. People sign up for it and they just get an email every day. We'll send you a link with a special coupon code so that people can get that for free. Awesome. That's so, so kind they can of you. For free. Yes, absolutely. Happy to do that. Awesome. And that way we can learn how to how to take better care of ourselves, how to nourish ourselves better, and how to understand our relationship with food. Outstanding. That's great. Thanks again. Thanks so much for being here and for those great resources. Winnie, it was great to talk with you. 
All right, I hope you found that helpful. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it, and you can become a fan of the show and access back episodes and resources by going to couragepodcastfan.com and signing up for the vault. It's free, of course, and includes back episodes from every season, along with bonus content and resources all in one place. In addition to the episodes, you'll get information, tips, and resources to help you get clarity on your message and get the courage and confidence to get that message out in a more powerful way so you reach your business goals. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't overindulge and don't drink and drive. Your reflection exercise is to think about your own commitment to your health. You can say it's important, but until you really start to focus on it, it's not that important. So ask yourself, are you practicing good self-care? As the fabulous Brody Welsh says, self-care isn't selfish. And your action step. Identify one thing you want to do in the coming week. Drink more water, eat more veggies, exercise, and then think about how you can set yourself up for success so you really do it. So for example, maybe you have a pitcher of water in your office and you commit to drink the entire pitcher by the end of the workday. Or say you want to eat more veggies, so you buy some pre-sliced vegetables. Or you buy whole vegetables and slice them up and store them in portion-sized containers so you can just grab and go out of your fridge. Also think about how can you make it fun and easy for you to do this. Can you give yourself a reward for reaching your goal you know, we repeat behavior that's easy and enjoyable, and the more we do it, then the deeper that habit becomes. So remember, the better quality food you eat, the better you feel, and the better you perform. If you like this episode, please share it, and remember, you can become a fan of the show and get access to The Vault, which has all the back episodes in both audio and video format and bonus material. You can find that at couragepodcastfan.com. And in addition, you get information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. And if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings, and you'd like to hang out online with a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the group and join my Courageous Success community on Facebook. It's where I share tips and strategies to help you achieve the success you dream of and deserve in alignment with your beliefs, values, and personality. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.